Hi, Owen. Hello again. Hi, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. So what we're we talking about today? So, what is, <laughs> oh, spreadsheet. <laughs> I'm not prepared. This is what happens when we improvise. Improvising is good. You don't know what will surface through improvisation. So, welcome today's, to today's episode about the appeal of AR for neurodivergent people. <clears throat> that is the theme of the topic. And um, yeah. So, before we get started, I just wanted to, to, to mention about ChatGPT um, and something you said on the very first episode about how sometimes ChatGPT can show more empathy than, say, a professional or a professional therapist. And um, I, I had this experience recently where I didn't quite get what I was looking for from my therapist. And then I went to ChatGPT and I was like really surprised by the level of empathy it provided me. Um, it felt quite validating. So I'm, I'm sort of rethinking my position a little bit there. Um, yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because, <clears throat> you know, I've been seeing lots and lots and lots and lots of these um, uh, videos online, you know, when you're on neurodivergence slash TikTok, that's, that, you know, I've been like seeing this and also experiencing it myself. And it's, it's nice to hear you had, had one of those experiences. Mm. And um what did you make of it um i thought it was really interesting it felt really validating i tried not to go too far down the rabbit hole because um i don't i, I didn't want to get into this mode of well you didn't say this but chat gpt said this and yeah so um so i i just took it more as um a bit of an experiment to see how I'd feel and it felt quite validating and I learned that there's another tool um I can't remember I think it's pie chat or something which is supposed to be even more empathetic in terms of the human uh kind of component of engaging uh so some some people I'm on a discord channel with use that one um so that's really interesting um yeah um but I am. I'm also very keen to 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 get into um, neurodivergence with you today. So, so <clears throat> I, I think one of the things I'd like to discuss with you as well is like before we go into the depth of it, um, what algorithm is. Okay, and the reason is because I think algorithms are important to understand. Mm. Um, so we can, you know, so I can explain some of the concepts. Mm -hmm. um, can you uh, like can you say a little bit like on a technical level what an algorithm is in AI and what how it operates? Mm -hmm. 
So I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep this very like a basic level so that everybody can understand. And an algorithm is essentially it's just like a recipe, like how you would have a recipe for a program to carry out certain actions. So imagine if you're baking a cake and you've got all the ingredients, and the ingredients in the context of AI is most likely data. Let's say data is the ingredients, and then you kind of put those ingredients together. So in this case, you would feed the algorithm data and then it's like a recipe. And then you get, once you once you get like an output or, you know, once that recipe is done, you get the finished product. Uh, and essentially the algorithm is the recipe that then results in the output, which is like, you know, the final product or some data or in the case of chat GPT um, dialogue. Um, so essentially that's what an algorithm is. It's just a series of steps written in different types of languages and if we get into a bit more technical element of it it's essentially um it's kind of those steps in a particular language you, you take in some data you do some calculations or some you know whatever needs to happen and then you get an output and then um the underlying functions of the algorithm um translate that into like machine code um so that's kind of like a very basic uh, description of what an algorithm is. So, thank you. And now I can add a little bit of uh, story to, mm -hmm. to what mm -hmm. you explained. So, I'm autistic. And I studied at least six or seven years mm -hmm. psychotherapy, counseling, mm -hmm. never talked a single, single session about neurodivergence mm -hmm. or different neurotypes. I, I walked through, you know, through life, constantly feeling like I'm driving on the wrong side of the street and not sure why. I mm -hmm. often thought because I'm a <clears throat> Middle Eastern person, you know, with, um, mm -hmm. uh, that was the main reason. But, but it was an algorithm that showed me who I was. So mm -hmm. and I can't tell you how. Um, TikTok shows you content that you find interesting, right? Mm -hmm. There's an algorithm that does exactly the recipe, the, you know, mm -hmm. looking at what you're interested in and then showing you more of that, right? Mm -hmm. So I started seeing TikToks of people, of content creators who were autistic mm -hmm. and the patterns they were describing were, were like, you know, they really, really fitted mm -hmm. how I was feeling and how I was experiencing the mm -hmm world but i've never met people who are you know who have low support needs but are autistic right and because of that algorithm i learned that i'm autistic mm -hmm. i then went on and got a formal diagnosis you know because obviously i don't trust algorithms like mm -hmm. we all don't and we have all these moral considerations like mm -hmm. around misdiagnosis etc pp right <clears throat> So this is why why it was important for me to you know to really get into what is an algorithm and what that does it right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so I just want to take us just a step before we get into it and maybe explain to the audience who may not necessarily know what neurodivergence is. Are you able just to give them a brief explanation of neurodivergence and and maybe even some of your experiences uh, around that too? So neurodivergence is a is a 
is a way of reframing um, uh, neuro, neuro differences <clears throat> where labels have not been helpful or you know where you couldn't put someone in under a specific umbrella right so it usually it's a catch-all phrase for autism um adhd dyslexia dyspraxia giftedness high intelligence um personality disorders fall on uh, um bipolar disorder and all sorts of other conditions are lumped in a in a in a, in a way of trying to depathologize mm -hmm. experience of differences that mm -hmm. are um ingrained in your in your wiring and which you can't really change so mm -hmm. you have to adjust your environment to you know um to be able to function in the world mm -hmm. that make any sense yeah yeah absolutely yeah and i think it's good to give um the audience uh you know a number of those conditions so they can really understand um that you know we may be talking about one or two things here but it encompasses uh, a lot more um, than the things we're going to talk about um, and then i just wanted to go back to um, the algorithm helping you to understand your neurodivergence and just explain a bit about that and um and, and i use recipe and that is a very simplistic kind of uh, explanation of an algorithm so just to add to what would have happened is um whatever tool you were using let's say TikTok in this instance would have um, learned about you through the algorithm so um, in a simplistic sense it could be what you click on what you viewed um, and then it would have fed that data um, like similar to like ingredients into this recipe and then produced um, you know content or, or, or content that may fit uh, with what you're experiencing hence you would have got suggestions for videos um, that were geared towards uh, autism because it's learned that about you and your behavior and the content you're consume consuming so similar to a recipe again feeding in the input data which is like the ingredients and then getting something out of that after that it's gone through that recipe um, is essentially how that would have worked um, and um, I think in that sense um, tools like TikTok um, are helpful when they're not trying to sell you stuff or polarize you um because you're 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 you wouldn't necessarily have come to that conclusion yourself or through tr traditional like google search or something so you know it, it is you know it's not sometimes we like to lump things in our society as like it's either good or bad but you know this is again one of those things where a social media tool which was initially most likely designed for good is actually doing that and being helpful to people yeah and it's a you know it has a huge autistic community on that that is you know really like wonderful and of course there's now commercial commercialization happening and all of that which makes it a bit more tricky um so so that that like you know for me something around self-awareness is i think where, where it has been really helpful for me personally and i've seen a lot of people on the apps as well of telling that telling their own stories and giving their testimony of how they figured out they were autistic and this is you know we don't get to see that right and because of my obsession with bias mm -hmm. um you know like confirmation bias so i'm looking at it, at it and i'm you know yeah. Confirmation. I I did 
go and sort out a uh, formal diagnosis. But, you know, that's not um, something every, everyone can easily access because it comes with a cost. And, <clears throat> and another thing of within that uh, difficulty is, um, you know, self-diagnosis of autistic individuals. Um, if somebody self-diagnoses themselves as autistic, it's pretty accurate. They're probably 99% likely to be autistic. However, mm -hmm. if they tell people about their own diagnosis, a lot of, you know, because the awareness is not there yet, what it means to be autistic, a lot of people go, oh, but you don't look autistic <laughs> or you don't behave autistic or, well, you are functioning okay, right? So again, this is um, a part of the community I'm talking about uh, with low support needs, which have like, you know, been under the radar and, you know, became vocal and, you know, with a uh, rise of social media, you know, more visible. Mm -hmm. and, and there's also within the community quite some complexities because people with high support needs, um, uh, you know, sometimes feel invalidated or in conflict, right? Um, which is also not great because, you know, the, it's so diverse. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's a spectrum. It's called a spectrum for a reason. And, and you know, it's like really very mm -hmm. diverse mm -hmm. how autism manifests in, mm -hmm. in us mm -hmm. humans. Mm -hmm. um, and it takes me back to this paper I read where they were talking about um, uh, neurodivergence and um, kind of the, the therapy setting and, and psychological setting. Um, and I think the one thing that stuck out was it, it said, it, when, if, you, uh, you, if you met one autistic person, you met one autistic person, which is essentially what you're saying here. Um, I, I just wanna take another sort of a step back because um, you, you know, you've given us a lot of useful information. And um, first I wanna kind of just touch on um, how you felt when you, received the autism diagnosis and then my follow-up question would also be around the invalidation you received before uh when you thought you were autistic or after from other people so it's up to you in which uh order you want to answer those so, so you know because of the low support needs that you know and i'm saying that because that can change so easily right mm -hmm. uh because for the vast majority of my uh, adulthood, I, I did have low support needs. So, you know, when, when, like I was constantly doubting, is this, is this possible? Is mm -hmm. this possible? And, and the diagnostic process is really stressful because mm -hmm. you have to go through, um, through your childhood, through your experiences of growing up and, you know, draw out information. And because it's so hard to reconstruct, you're asked to, you know, bring in like a parent or a caregiver or a sibling who can help with, you know, complete the data set. And for, for me, like when I first thought about it and disclosed it to people, I was lucky because I disclosed it to my then partner and he goes, Yes, yes, you are autistic. Yes, that is that explains everything. <laughs> and you know, just for context, um, 
I have a lot of sensory sensitivities, especially smell mm. and sound. And and my partner at the time was really struggling with that because I was just so easily like my nervous system was so easily activated. So he he had all this time of you know experience and and you know he was the first like which was really like validating. Um, mm -hmm. Um, to that regard, I was really, really privileged that I had people around me who actually got it in mm -hmm. some way. Um, however, I saw in my friend, like, you know, friends and colleagues who, you know, who are discovering their own neurodivergence, it's a lot more different. And it's a lot more different if you're female, particularly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you say more on that? <laughs> Technically, yes, but I'm also a bit uh, cautious because obviously I don't want to disclose information that is not mine to disclose. <laughs> oh, that's that's understandable. Um, I, I just want I just want to um, explore. Um, did you did you experience any invalidation? You know, maybe it might not have been close friends or family, but maybe from acquaintances or, or colleagues or, or somebody anybody else um not directly mm -hmm. um i i didn't you know um i didn't have any uh invalidation so far mm -hmm. uh, i can't recall anything i mean you know uh maybe through the gate grapevine <laughs> somebody said something or like you know but but you know I, I couldn't care less you know it's um most of the time when i disclose i'm autistic people believe me mm -hmm. but i lie about that mm -hmm. my like you know it's not like hey and by the way i'm autistic mm -hmm. disabled you yeah. know it is a disability mm -hmm. and um no so i was lucky but I, but i but i see it a lot Mm -hmm. I see it a lot in uh, um, in my context without disclosing like too much about how. Not yeah, that's fine. Yeah, uh, it happens a lot, especially mm -hmm. if you're female or not white. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so um, what I want to touch on also, as we we do talk about tech a lot on this podcast. Um, is around um, your experiences uh, of using technology as an autistic person. And this can be um, technology in general, AI. Um, yeah. And I also, <laughs> if you could, um, touch on the kind of social component of that, if, if you've got anything to say around that in terms of um, just socializing and interacting using technology too, if you could. Okay, so... <clears throat> For context, right? I don't. I don't want to make this about autism only. But mm -hmm. for context, autism is a social communication mm -hmm. problem where um, I, for example, I don't always get uh, um, the in between mm -hmm. of a message, right? So, um, for want of a better word, neurotypicals mm -hmm. might say things like. Oh, that's very good what you've done there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and they actually mean it's shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> but I go, oh, okay, that's very good. I don't think it's good, but anyway, if you think so, okay, right? So I don't get the subcontext. Context. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so you know, so reading between lines, I find incredibly difficult. Whether that's in writing, whether that's in verbal communication. So I miss social cues, and because I am so aware of it, uh, you know, most of my time I keep uh, assessing if if there's a subtext in the message that the person said. So, so, and and that's not helpful because then everything suddenly has, it could have this subtext, it could have this, and it might mean the same, what the person said, right? So, so, so there's like, there's like this process going on in my brain, assessing about what information uh, is meant as it's communicated or whether there's something underneath. So with chat GPT, mm -hmm. there is a way for people who have difficulties with, you know, reading between the lines, to just drop it in and mm -hmm. just, hey, what what does this mean? Mm -hmm. And have a conversation with it. Like, mm -hmm. I think I think there might be some subtext. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And um, you know, it goes, it could mean this and this and this and this, or it might be genuinely meant as it is, right? Mm -hmm. so, so it like just gives you like it takes off the. Uh, the burden of you doing it in your head mm -hmm. by you know having having a sounding board to assess some of the information you're receiving from from other people. Mm -hmm. That's one element I find it very very helpful for me. Mm -hmm. The second point I find um, uh, I would like to make is uh, approximately ten percent of UK population is dyslexic mm -hmm. so that's uh from the british dyslexic dyslexia association and english is my second language so mm -hmm. so i don't have a formal diagnosis of, of dyslexia but i'm but i'm doing the classic things like you know forgetting words uh losing letters uh not reading full sentences right so 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 the processing of information um is like you know not uh like somebody who who is born in this country and doesn't have dyslexia right and can read and write and construct sentences and all of that right mm -hmm. so so the second way i find it really helpful is is like you know i write a blog of text and I know there are words missing. I know there's type, there are typos, there are the grammars and correct. I throw it in mm -hmm. and it, you know, it edits my content, right? Mm -hmm. That I have created in mm -hmm. a way that is readable for mm -hmm. the Okay. Yep. And and how does that make you feel? Less disabled. Mm-hmm. And and this is the point, the moral outcry about AI and its dangers is for me, like, you know, it feels to me as a person who's autistic, disabled, mm -hmm. feels to me like ableism. Yeah. Well, the people who have the outcry, uh, from my perspective, tend to be the ones who were creating the systems to begin with. And now they seem to be some sort of something going on. but. Um, from my perspective, um, I've always, I've, it's, 
I find it pretty far-fetched, some of these outcries that, that happen. There are legitimate, you know, um, issues with AI around bias and certain kind of things that come into play based on who's created it and they created the data set. But overall, like things like taking over the world and all that kind of thing is very far-fetched because still at the end of the day, it's a mathematical algorithm that processes data and provides an output. Um, there's nothing in it that's mag magical. The only elements of magical are if your algorithm is so convoluted, you don't know what it's doing. And that's really the onus lies with the developers and the people creating it to not ha end up having such convoluted algorithms that they can't uh, you know, test against the algorithm um, or, or predict the outcome of the algorithm, if that makes sense. And you know, the, the, so, so the frustrating bit is like, this is already like, you know, spell checkers, yeah. like this is already here for a while. Right. And yeah. um, when you put your things through tools like Grammarly, you're using AI already. Mm -hmm. right? It's really frustrating. And, you know, people are like, oh, this is like just cheating. No, it's leveling the field. Yeah. Another concept I want to introduce is uh, called twice exceptional, mm -hmm. right? So, like you know, again, um, uh, not generalizing here. I'm, I'm talking from my experience. So I don't want to. I, will, I really want to make clear this is not. I'm not speaking for for the whole of the community because mm -hmm. it's so diverse. So for me, um, twice exceptional means it, it. It doesn't. It doesn't mean what it sounds like that you're two times better than everybody else. It means you're twice different mm -hmm. um is a little bit uh unfortunate i would say because it, cre it creates this thing of like oh i'm better than everybody else but what mm -hmm. it means is um the deficits i'm born with that mm -hmm. are because of my neurodivergent mm -hmm. um the neurodivergence i was able to compensate with my giftedness mm -hmm. and uh what that means is I, I ended up just like some way, <laughs> like, right? So, so just mediocre. I went through school, was average, mm -hmm. always average, <laughs> good to average, right? Never exceptional or whatever. But be, the deficit right here, now, now there's, there's a third element, mm -hmm. AI mm -hmm. helps me with my deficit. Mm -hmm. it, it just gets me up a level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And makes me like you know where my where my gifts are like you know um, imagination creativity, um, and and that is the thing that 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 I'm obsessed with like you know it removes the barrier that's been like putting me like in in a and, and there's nothing wrong with being mediocre right and it's like not I'm saying I don't want to be mediocre but you know I have so much creativity that I want to express but I don't have the tools or the um, I didn't have the tools to do that. Mm. That has been changing, and that's that's like a life changer for me. Mm. And um, for me, I feel like um, mediocrity is subjective anyway, and like mediocre in comparison to what some artificial construct by some like government for some school system. You know, I think as human beings, we are all unique and we all have our strengths and we all have things that we're great at and we all have things we're not so good at. And I, I think, you know, me mediocrity in itself, we, we it's not a label we should apply to people. And it's unfortunate that it has been and that 
you felt like that. And to me, you've never been mediocre. So I just wanted to say that. Um, but I also feel um, quite um, like, I feel like warm inside that um, this technology that I've been a part of for such a long time, uh, when it was very, very crude, um, is, is is serving the purpose that, that people like me got into AI for, to help others, to make people's lives better and to hear your story of um you know autism and a neurodivergence and how ai is using how ai is being used for you um to assist you in life is like wow that's amazing that's what we should be striving for you know yeah so so i i was really lucky <laughs> in that sense and that, that's why i'm obsessed like you know i, I just really got into the, the, you know, I really got the benefits of how it can help me uh, with my disabilities. And, you know, when I hear people wagging the moral finger, it, it, it just, it just hurts because yeah. it's almost like, oh, suddenly I, I can, I can overcome something yeah. that's really hard. Yeah. And, and there's somebody like alarming. <laughs> it's mm. a problem well there are problems and there are th ethical problems but i think it's um easy to point them out and it's coming from a place of fear mm -hmm. um which is i think unjustified because i think a lot of editors are uh, how can i phrase that in a <laughs> in a more um uh how can I tone it down? See, now I would ask ChatGPT, how can I say this without being offensive? But <laughs> here it comes. <laughs> a lot of editor, editors are up their own asses yeah. when it comes to AI usage because they are like worried it's going to take the jobs so, away. Yeah. And I've been turned away several times from, you know, when I reached out to humans for coaching, for support mm -hmm. with writing. And I, I said, I am working with AI. They immediately shut me down. I was like, no, sorry, I'm too good for you. <laughs> I think it's bad. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, like what it, there was quite, quite, um, quite a challenge to get support, but I did eventually find support. But what I wanted to say is, <clears throat> I would now ask ChatGPT, how can I say this without, you know, being rude <laughs> yeah i think um i think what tends to happen is which is which is the case in a lot of our society is um someone will publish some research and then uh some it will get picked up but only the sensationalist bits will get picked up and then that will be the running story and um it's kind of um a limitation on our society that um critical thinking goes out the window and like it's it's a bell curve isn't it on the one end you have really poor performing ai that doesn't do you know like the snake oil type sellers who say it's going to do xyz but really it's not because they, they don't understand it and they just haven't written the right algorithm and then you have like sort of the bell curve and um then on the, you know on that on in the main kind of area of it it's, it's just a helpful assistive tool like you know you see it in everything amazon emails that's been happening for years people don't even notice it um and then on the other end of the bell curve is the extremities of it's going to take over the world and you're all going to lose your jobs um and i think sometimes that's when that part of it is more vocal 
people lose sight of you yeah. know the the parts of it that are useful and helpful that they've been using without even realizing i think there's also a misconception because we see the headlines that say oh chat gpt wrote an academic paper and it's published now right so that's the headlines i've seen like on social media. i don't know how true or what what's to it but here's the thing um it's not like you tell chat gpt write a book <laughs> write an essay it would produce bullshit <laughs> it is like you know it would produce you some nonsense mm -hmm. like not maybe even good partially mm -hmm. but but it's like you know it's not it it doesn't have the 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 experiential side of things right it can it cannot tell the story that you want to tell you know and it you know it's a tool it's it's mm -hmm. a tool when more than anything you know you have to create something you have to write it and then you have you know it's like a there's an editor constantly in exchange with you mm -hmm. shaping the content it's not like a push a button it's like i, I spent i think i spent probably more time mm -hmm. <laughs> the refining and you know how to phrase and you know put more effort into uh, making it sound better then mm -hmm. and I do when I just type and you know like miss words and then somebody else has to do it for me and correct it like proofread edit it and then I have to pay the person um, for doing that right and sometimes uh, I I might be able to do that but you know sometimes I, I might not have the funds to somebody constantly checking my writing and making sure it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, interesting. Mm -hmm. So um, we we have gone over a little bit. I know we said we we're going to try and keep these episodes to half an hour. I just wanted to see if you had any final thoughts before we wrap up. Um, yeah, so final thoughts, I think. Yeah, I get I think, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that it will eventually become parts of our lives. Mm -hmm. We're stages and, you know, um, it, it's 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 a support mm -hmm. rather than taking away jobs you know it's just gonna make it's gonna make it a lot easier for us all mm -hmm. yeah um well i've been very um kind of um what have i been i've lost my words i need chat gpt to help me out <laughs> here um um i've i've really enjoyed hearing your uh, perspective and your experiences and like I said I you know to reiterate again uh, I remember being like an 18 year old studying AI saying yeah we're gonna like change the world we're gonna help people and then I, I became very like disappointed and despondent when it was mostly just to you know used like the to sell people stuff or in the financial markets and then you know with the rise of like deep learning and large language models and chat GPT I'm so so happy that it's you know being used as an assistive tool and it's helping pe people like you um, and others um, in many ways. So I've really enjoyed hearing your story about that today. So yeah, thank you for sharing. My pleasure. Thanks. Great. See you on the next one. Bye.